and the new Bronco impressed me greatly. I'm, I really like them. I'm, I'm going to own one, whether we do one for SEMA or not. I'm not giving up my Jeeps. Like I said, I've got three of them presently. My son's got a 1950 flat fender we're going to start on here pretty soon. But I will add a Bronco to the stable sooner than later. We introduce regular product giveaways happening here on the Jeep Talk Show. Every month and sometimes every week, the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast will be giving you, the listener, a chance to win serious gear from major companies that you know, love, and trust. You want a chance to win tires, suspension components, maybe more? Listen every week for your chance to win big. Nexon Tire, we got you. Find out more about the tires that are on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, the Nexon Tire Rodian MTX at NexonTireUSA.com. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Wendy, there will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's it's good for my soul. Chuck. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. So, uh, everybody brace yourself, yes, for Chuck going to SEMA. Chuck is going to be representing the Jeep Talk Show out at SEMA this year, and uh, we've already been invited to a few events and a few booths to stop by and say hello, and uh, Chuck's going to be doing that. Uh, Bob is going to be there, and also to Larry, Jeeping Mo. So, uh, the uh, but Chuck will be the official... Um, um, what do you call it? Uh, the guy who uh, is going to screw up for the show? <laughs> Take one for the team? <laughs> no. Chuck knows how to handle himself very well, but uh, you know how he can be very plain spoken. Uh, spoken, I think, uh, but we call it, we consider that charming. At least I do, because that's the way I am. <laughs> hey, starting November 1st, just a few days away, the Jeep Talk Show will be published Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. The flagship show that is uh, currently coming out on Friday will come be uh, p- published on Tuesday. The roundtable episode will stay on Wednesday. Uh, flagship 2, or the one that we've uh, normally been publishing on Monday, will come out on Thursday, and we will have the round. Uh, uh, table episode to round out the week. I like that. It's kind of poetic uh, on uh, Friday. So uh, four days a week, and uh, we will even be having some special uh, Jeep Talk Show episodes on Mondays. So there will be weeks when there are five episodes a week, just not every week. So follow along all of the Jeep Talk Show social media, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, uh, any, any place that you, you're currently following us, and uh, you're going to be able to keep up with Chuck on his week-long adventure uh, at SEMA. Well, it, well, I guess it would be a week long. It's going to be uh, Monday because there's a special thing for him uh, uh, that he's attending Monday before, before SEMA. And then uh, Tuesday through uh, Thursday, at least. Uh, I think he may not be there Friday. Friday's a pretty good day to to uh, to pack up uh, and uh, get out of there because. Uh, uh, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong on this, but uh, I think SEMA, all the uh, displays and stuff, everybody starts breaking everything down uh, Friday, maybe Friday afternoon, so they can uh, pack up and go home themselves. But uh, it's here again, SEMA, every year, and uh, we uh, we're going to have somebody there from the Jeep Talk Show from around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. 
Alrighty ho boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. And tonight we're gonna to be talking with Matt. Matt started Altitude is it Alt it's Attitude. Attitude. So attitude. did you ever think about Attitude Adjuster? Because <laughs> we understood what so, Attitude Adjuster was back, you know, when I was a kid. <laughs> there there's actually an, another company that manufactures a product called Attitude Adjuster that we had to have our lawyers contact. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So I, I guess you had to ch uh, change their attitudes. So he started Attitude, hey, a little bit. Attitude Performance in 1994. His shop's work has been featured in magazines such as four-wheeler, trucking, diesel power, etc. over a hundred times. Is, is that a lucrative thing? Do you get paid for doing that stuff, Matt? No, so it, <laughs> of we don't course get paid not. at all. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. But I mean, it's good advertising though, right? It you know when when magazines were popular, we would do a, a an installation for the magazine for one of them, uh -huh. and I got to be very good friends with a lot of the guys from Four Wheeler Magazine, and they would come down here. They would send us product to install for them on you know their. Sometimes it was vehicles that we would pursue to get the get the the work for them. Other times it was vehicles they would bring to us to have us build for them so i mean at the magazine rate if i had to pay for you know three to five pages of copy for you know me and the magazine being featured our address our phone number that was astronomical money back then yeah. so for us to spend a day or two days or what have you building a vehicle for them it made sense well you know these bastards with social media and those assholes with podcasts are just ruining the whole magazine or have ruined the magazine industry so here we are so <laughs> so matt has also uh, built sema vehicles for over 20 years and his shop has won several design awards from major manufacturers including ford and chrysler matt got his start working on his mom's super gas dragster uh, <laughs> that's gonna be a cool mom matt has several jeeps including a hot rod cj5 with a blown big block Chevy, that's one happy Chevy, and a supercharged LJ, and one uh, most people have never heard of, Veep, and that's V like in uh, Victor, V-E-E-P. So you can uh, you can head over to attitudeperformance.com. Uh, I like to throw that in at the beginning of the, uh, of the interview, uh, Matt, so people can go over there and peruse the website and kind of uh, learn a little bit more about uh, uh, what you do over there. Matt, thanks a lot for being with us here sure. on the show tonight. Absolutely. And I don't know if My that's, pleasure. I don't know if that's fair or not, but I kind of get the feeling uh, that uh, magazines have uh, have taken a, a big hit because uh, because of the internet for several reasons, but uh, well, one of the reasons being that there's uh, you can just uh, get that same information uh, so quickly and on demand now instead of having to wait for a magazine to show up. Absolutely, and you can go back and reference it at any given time versus having to dig through bankers' boxes of magazine articles and trying to remember where you saw it. Mm -hmm. And and it's just not quite the same uh, looking at a magazine sitting in, sitting in the toilet uh, on on your phone or a tablet as it is on on paper. It, it's just something natural about this thumbing through and you having the emergency toilet paper uh, available to you if, if you if you would need it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I'm old school still, and I I mean I still use paper catalogs whenever I can at my shop. So yeah, I've got stacks of magazines on the lunchroom table and what have you that. But I've got articles back from the 80s. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the magazines were cool. It just seems the internet has changed so many things. I mean, uh, and, you know, now we're talking across the country uh, for almost free, whereas uh, we used to have an egg timer at my mom's house, my mom and dad's house. You'd have to turn the egg timer up and uh, over, and you had three minutes to talk, and that was going to cost you about twenty five bucks uh, just for that. <laughs> right. So I, I don't know things. I guess have changed for the best. Uh, or do you still do work for magazines? I mean, I, have I killed that in this uh, this interview? <laughs> no, absolutely. No, we um, four wheeler magazine is you know still out there. It's it's one one of the very few left at this point. But I was just talking to a good friend of mine. It's a senior editor for the magazine to come up with a plan for a couple of projects we're going to do for him this year. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I just, uh, I the, the last magazine I subscribed to, and I don't remember what it was. It was an off-road type magazine. I, I subscribed to a year's worth of uh, subscription for it, and I, I don't think I looked through it more than once or twice. It's just a... Uh, it's just the, the, the online the, the capabilities of doing things. Now, I think an online magazine uh, would be a little more akin to what I like doing, but even that seems to be a, a little difficult for me to get into. Uh, well, we'll start beating, beating up on the magazines. Magazines were so much fun <laughs> back in the, the 70s and 80s and even 90s. Uh, it's, it's a shame that things change like that, but there is, there is a, a really nice things about just being able to uh, like in a waiting room, you know, if you if you if you got people coming in to come into your shop there at uh, Attitude Performance, uh, I can imagine just having some nice hot rod and uh, off road magazines where people could thumb through. Maybe a Boy's Life, uh, you throw that in there too. <laughs> wow, that one's old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that going to the pediatrician. <laughs> <laughs> people are going Boy's Life. What is that? Is that one of those bad jokes Tony makes? No, no, no. It was a uh, it was a You're nice. Right. It was it was a nice. A very nice magazine for for young folks. Absolutely. All right, Matt. So tell me, what do you guys do there? I mean, I've looked at your website. I got a really good idea. It looks like you have fun, uh, not twenty four seven, but at least uh, probably twelve hours a day. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do. You know, I started this a long time ago. You know, like you had said, because I used to work on my mom's dragster engine. And knew from a very early age that this is what I wanted to do for a living. You know, I wanted to build toys for people. Um, I worked at other mechanic jobs, ran a transmission shop, worked at a Merlin's, that sort of thing. And just, I enjoy working on cars, but that wasn't my passion. I some days made more money working for someone else on general public vehicles than I did do what i do now but this is definitely more fun i have not every day some days it's still a job but yes most days you know we do everything from you know tube door installs to right now we have five body off restorations that we're in the process of four jeeps and a bronco well three jeeps a bronco and a Land Rover Defender 110 that's getting a supercharged LS with a made aluminum Land Rover body on it. Sounds like a death machine. <laughs> aluminum, it, lightweight aluminum and too much power. <laughs> no such thing as too much power. I know. That's, but, but, I mean, it depends on the individual that's driving it, really. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. That, yeah, we've, we've got another one here 
a, a um, JKU on coilovers and 40s with a 550 horse LS in it, and another one here getting an LT1 swap. And yeah, there. I like more power. We just actually we just completed recently the new 392 Wrangler. We are the first one that we're aware of in the country where we supercharge the factory 392 engine. That's going to make it stupid I fast. Know, uh, added another 100 horsepower to it. <laughs> so it's a pretty fast brick. Yeah, yeah, I love that. We just need a, a force field around it so we can shape the uh, laminar, laminar flow, airflow around it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it takes a little bit more power to push a square through the air, that's for sure. Well, I don't know if you remember the uh, F4 Phantoms. I uh, I saw one at a actually flying at a air show, and that was uh, that was kind of like the jeep, the military jeep of the air, because that's it was very much a brick that you <laughs> with with massive engines. Right. The whole damn thing it flew by a low pass uh, along the uh, the runway there at the air show, and I swear to God, it was like the if it had been painted yellow, I would have thought it was a school bus. <laughs> but man, it was moving. <laughs> So, uh, now you work on various uh, vehicles there, not just Jeeps. Have you, uh, on any of the vehicles that you've worked on, have you been surprised by the vehicle? Like, uh, I'm thinking like maybe the new Bronco or maybe the, the aluminum body Ford F-150s. Something that you didn't expect when you were working on one of them. And, it, of course, it could be a Jeep as well. Yeah, like you said, I mean, we, we're not, you know, we have probably well about 80 percent of the vehicles here right now are jeeps but i'm a i am a fan of the new broncos as well um we're actually working on a deal to acquire one at the moment hopefully for sema this year we'll see if it works or not we're keeping our fingers crossed the the new bronco is and and this is coming from someone that owns a jeep so don't anybody take take this the wrong way (laughs) I owned, I had a, I sold my Bronco about five years too early for about half of what I could have got for it had I kept it now. I had a 1968 Bronco. Oh my goodness. The with good, a blown injected nitrous Mustang motor in it. I loved those Broncos. Yep. It was a, it was my SEMA vehicle in, I want to say, 01 or 02. I don't even remember. Made about 550 horse. Just never drove it. It sat in the corner after SEMA, unfortunately. But so I'm a fan of Jeeps and Broncos. And the new Bronco impressed me greatly. I'm, I really like them. I'm, I'm going to own one, whether we do one for SEMA or not. I'm not giving up my Jeeps. Like I said, I've got three of them presently. My son's got a 1950 flat fender we're going to start on here pretty soon. But I will add a Bronco to the stable sooner than later. So have you have you done and, any done any work on Broncos? Have you have you fixed its uh, tie rod or whatever causes the, the 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 wheels to point in towards each other uh, when people take them out on the trail and get a little too rambunctious? So we've we've done some. I haven't physically seen a, a failed tie rod here, but we've also the ones we've lifted. We have done the tie rod strengthening kits on them already that are out. And I know several of our customers have actually taken them off road you know, after being lifted and knock on wood, we've got no failures yet. And the the one thing that always baffles me is Jeep owners should really, 
I don't want to say praise the Bronco, but they should be glad it's out because all it's going to do is push Jeep to start pushing harder. Exactly. I'm, I'm sure Jeep our, our has, listeners has, have uh, gotten tired of me saying this, but uh, I akin it very much to Apple. Apple pushes uh, the other uh, computer manufacturers and phone manufacturers along by uh, by pushing the industry. And, and Apple has been doing it for years. I mean, uh, the mouse, uh, the, the GUI. Uh, on the uh, on the computers, you know, Windows, for example, uh, and uh, I believe that exactly. Now, I'm not interested in having an Apple product, uh, but uh, I'm, and I'm not interested in having a Bronco because uh, it's not a Jeep. And uh, but I do love the idea that uh, you know somebody else is coming out with something that is going to move the uh, the, the the industry along, and it's not going to just be Jeeps. But uh, that's the one I'm most concerned about. So uh, I. I Sure. There's, 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 you know, back and forth about it, but I think that uh, one of the reasons why there's a V8 and a Wrangler, which we've been wanting forever, uh, is because of the Bronco. Absolutely, and the 35-inch tall tire package, and you know, there, it's all it's going to do is make all the brand, you know, competition makes everybody better. It's no different in vehicle manufacturers. You know, it's no different in my business. You know, there was. Back in 08, when the economy tanked, we lost six competitors inside of four months. And I'll be honest with you, I got stagnant, complacent, however however you want to word it. Mm -hmm. And I had to kind of kick myself in the ass a little bit because we didn't have competitors. Not Our quality wasn't suffering, but our we did a lot of show trucks back then, a lot of extremely tall, you know, stuff on 40s, 44s. And our creativity waned because we had no one there to push us. I would go to a show, and and this isn't being arrogant. This is being the only guy in the show. This, you know, there wasn't anything that I was worried about, you know, locally having to compete against because there was nobody local to compete against that for a while. And as soon as we got some competitors back in the field, it made it more fun well it makes you take it more chances being, uh it makes you make take more chances at your job as well doesn't it because you you got that com- competition you need to stand out a little bit absolutely absolutely you know it's like this this land rover project we've got here we're taking a 20 you know a four-door jku chassis doing a Genrite elite suspension box three inch coilovers curry dana 70s a Whipple supercharged LS motor, a 4L80 Atlas II with the, the handmade aluminum defender body. There's, that's, you know, starting to push the envelope of what shops are going to be willing to do. Yeah, it sounds like a really good project. So, um, going back to that original question, were you surprised by any vehicle that you, like, I'm wondering, have you had any issues, especially if you've done any kind of power performance on a, a Ford F-150 aluminum body? Have you had any issues with it being able to handle uh, the, the torquing, the twisting of, the, uh, of, of the, the frame and all the aluminum that's on there? No, I don't think so. And we've seen some, so long ago, we used to do some pre-production work for International Truck and Engine Corporation with their test cell and dyno vehicles. So some of that technology I saw years and years and years ago, and we had to sign confidentiality agreements and not post pictures of it for stuff that they were building, that they were bringing to us 
to regear to do emissions testing in their test cell vehicles. So they would literally bring us a vehicle that had, you know, big plastic sheets down the, the bottom side of the vehicle and covering up the motor and stuff like that. So, you know, I haven't seen any, I don't know that I'm a huge fan of the aluminum body. Time will tell, you know, you see all the pictures on the internet where, you know, door gets ripped off or something like that. And, mm-hmm. You know, and I've seen the Jeep doors have corrosion problems on some of the, the JL stuff. You know, same way, the hoods and doors and stuff. So I understand it's got to be lightweight and they're doing it for fuel economy and all that good stuff. Time will tell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was a little disappointed after getting the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator uh, when I found out that the uh, the doors were aluminum. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's, just, that's the way it is. Uh, that's, that's what's available. And I don't know that aluminum door and uh, a steel door is going to make that big, big a difference on my uh, miles per gallon, especially after uh, lift and uh, larger tires. Um, so have, right, you, have, exactly. you, have you guys done anything with, uh, with the, uh, the Jeep Gladiator? Oh, yeah. Yep, absolutely. We actually, um, my girlfriend has one on 37s. Um, our rep from Revolution Gear and Axle, we just did his the other, lifted his and did wheels and tires and whatnot on his. And we're going to put gears in his pretty soon, of course. And, you know, they he brought me a, some prototype parts that Revolution is doing now. So, or I shouldn't say prototype, some pre-production stuff that we've test fit for them. They're going to start offering drive shafts and Dana crate axles and that sort of thing through Revolution. Um, I really, really like the Gladiator. We actually just had, I don't want to call it a variant of the Gladiator, but are you familiar with a res, what a Resvani is? I am not. Okay, so a Resvani is based on either a JL or a Gladiator. It's, how can I describe it? It's very military-esque looking. And one of our, the customer that we supercharged the 392 for has one. He owns quite a few supercars, and it's got a thousand horsepower demon motor in it, and it has two rear axles in it. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm just looking that up. I think I have seen pictures of uh, of something that looks like this in the past. So that was a kind of an interesting version of the Gladiator. Mm-hmm. And then I have an, another very good customer who has a. Um, he actually owns several of Bruiser Conversion's old vehicles. Bruiser is one of the companies we get our LS swap components from to do in Wranglers. Mm-hmm. And he's got what was called the Honcho, which is kind of a predecessor to a Gladiator, but it has the old Jeep, excuse me, the old Jeep pickup truck front end on it. Right. So you're, you're talking about the J10 Honcho, correct? Correct. Okay, yeah, but yeah. built on a out of a JK. Yeah. yeah. The one they trashed in the movie Twister is the way I will always think of the, the honcho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the original one, though. Yeah, this one's actually built out of a JK. Oh, okay. With a 550 or, yeah, this with a 550 horse LS in it and 40s and one tons and all that good stuff. Yeah, so not a J10 at all. So, uh, yeah, I just uh, missed it. I thought you were talking about the original uh, J, uh, J10 honcho. 
Yeah, no, this just has the, the J10-esque front end on it. Right. Nice tip of the hat uh, to the past, which uh, which I think, actually, I think uh, uh, Jeep kind of missed the boat uh, whenever they did the, the, the front end for the Gladiator. Uh, I think it would have been a lot more distinctive if they had put more of a an old-style Gladiator, updated, of course, but a more old-style Gladiator uh, nose on it because uh, you're, you're driving down the road and somebody says, oh, look, there's a, there's one of them new LJs. And then you drive past it and you go, oh, that wasn't, wasn't an LJ. It's got a bed. <laughs> That's a JT. Right. <laughs> yep. It certainly and didn't seem to have hurt again, sales. So. Yeah, maybe with more competition in the market, it's going to, you know, they'll push the envelope a little bit further. Very true. I mean, it could be uh, a, a 2024, 2025 uh, change that or option that uh, that Jeep does because uh, there's no reason to go down that trail if uh, if you don't have the competition. So, um, do you think right. uh, do you think that Ford's uh, the Ford Bronco independent front suspension is a a viable candidate for off road uh, competing? Uh, I guess I would I would say slow and uh, careful and like rocks and things uh, that that seems to be the strong suit of a solid uh, front axle. It does, and it's, well, here's the way I look at it, is, you know, Jeep purists didn't like it when, one, they went from round headlights to square headlights, then it was <laughs> yeah. leaf spring to coil spring, coil spring's never going to work like a leaf spring will, and now we can't imagine life without it. I don't know that it's going to work, it's going to be more difficult probably to make it function at that higher level. But the reality is I truly believe this is just the next version of evolution. I mean, look at, you know, King of the Hammers and Baja and all those trucks that were straight axle for years. And I'm not comparing a Bronco off the showroom to, you know, a half a million dollar trophy truck. Don't get me wrong. Right. But that technology is there and that's going to be the next evolution of it it's you know in the the grand scheme of things what we see is you know we basically have kind of three versions of customers i have some that the vehicle doesn't ever get dirty doesn't ever leave the pavement the next one you know might take his family with you know do a jeep jamboree once or twice a year and basically kind of make it a family vacation and then I have customers that, you know, can break a vice. <laughs> yeah. I, you can't, you know, there's no, there's no Dana 60 built strong enough that I can't make them not shatter the rear end out of with their driving style. Right. <laughs> it's a 60. I can do whatever the hell I want to do. <laughs> exactly. It's bulletproof. That's right. So, you know, the, the IFS stuff is more moving parts. It is more fragile to a certain extent. And it's going to be a learning curve. It's going to be a learning curve like anything else. But I think for, you know, the, the people that don't leave the pavement or don't leave the pavement very often, it is going to be a viable option for somebody that just wants an open-air vehicle, you know, still still capable off-road. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've... I, like I said, we've got customers, we've done, you know, moderate lifts on these vehicles and they're taking them over some pretty challenging terrain. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to be a learning curve for customers, you know, vehicle owners, shops, 
to get the maximum performance out of those vehicles and make them perform like a, you know, as much as I hate to say it, like a straight axle vehicle, like something we're all used to. Right. But in the grand scheme of things, to, you know, taking the, the cue from racing and taking the technology from racing, I think is going to go a long way toward making that vehicle more capable, you know, leaps and bounds more capable than it is off the showroom floor. Right. So I, I have no doubt that uh, IFS uh, can be made strong if you throw enough money at it. It's just the, uh, if you want to do it cheap and have it strong, you can do it with a, a solid front axle. So, um, uh, you know, you certainly with tech, we have the technology where we can make IFS uh, uh, very, uh, work very well. And we see that in King of the Hammers. But it's it's very expensive to do, and if, and also too, it, to me, IFS is really more about uh, how smooth the ride is, which I which always bothers me when they say, "Oh, the Jeep is just so rough. It's just so rough to drive. I don't know how you can do, how you can deal with that because it's a Jeep. That's it's supposed to be rough. Yeah. If you want it smooth, right. go buy you a stinking Cadillac. Uh, <laughs> so that's just something we that, get that. We get that all the time. Somebody will, you know, they'll buy a, an F-350 or a, a 3500 Chevy or what have you, and it rides rough. You bought a one-ton <laughs> truck. It's going to ride rough. It's, you know, but it's also going to tow 12,000 pounds or 10,000 pounds right. and not break a sweat. So there's trade-offs. So at your shop, uh, now, it, this sounds like a, a toy factory, but uh, is there anything that you don't do? Like if somebody was going to bring a Jeep in there completely stock and they wanted to do this, that, and the other, they could sit down with you. And is there is there anything that you won't do to the vehicle? I mean, it sounds like you do diffs. Sounds like you'll do transmissions. Sounds like you'll do swapping axles, uh, engines. Uh, do you do any, any, any painting or decals or, you know, what, what is it that you don't do? So... I've always, you know, you watch on TV and all these other, all these TV shows, you know, we're going to send it over to the paint department. Now we're going to send it to the upholstery department. I've always wanted to just stick with what we're good at. So the things we're not good at, I have been fortunate over the years to find people that are the best at their field and actually have become friends with a lot of them. Perfect example, we just had... A, we're doing an LT1 swap in a two-door JK, and I have a, a, somebody I became friends with over the last couple of years who opened up a shop who builds absolutely the most flawless, beautiful stainless steel exhaust systems you've ever seen in your life. They're works of art. I mean, he does high-end supercars. He does you know twin-turbo Porsches and that sort of stuff. So that's the caliber that he builds components to. So we sent that over. The customer wanted something really, really nice. So can I build an exhaust here? Yes, I have an exhaust tubing vendor. Can I do it to the caliber that our friend at Hodgman does? Not really. No, it's not what we do. I've got our audio guy. We don't do... One of the guys that works for me, he's done audio in the past, but it's not what we do every day, so it's not what we're efficient at, and it's not fair for me to charge a customer for something that we're not efficient at. Right. You know, if I can, if I can send it to our audio guy showtime in the city in Chicago, he was just named top five installers in the nation. And him and I are very, very good friends. And if I can send it to him, he's going to do a better caliber work 
than what we do and be able to do it in a more timely fashion. Sure, sure. And the, the flip side to that is, while he's doing that, I can be doing something else to generate income for our shop that we are good at. So just looking at your services so, here on the website, uh, attitudeperformance.com, it's, uh, it says uh, drivetrain and suspension, high-quality lift, lowering kit uh, installation, anything from leveling kit to a complete chassis, uh, chassis build. Uh, we have you covered. Uh, engine uh, swaps, superchargers, and everything in between. We can help you with your external uh, engine work needs. And uh, external accessories, which I think uh, a lot of people—that's the—that's kind of the thing that gets gets people a lot—is they want to hang stuff off their Jeep. They want to make it uh, kind of a unique, uh, a more fitting their own personality. Uh, so, uh, what you have here on your side is uh, a new armor, winch, light bar. We offer high quality solutions to fit your desires. So, uh, you can uh, slap the products on it. You can uh, uh, do the engines, anything with the drivetrain. Uh, is that does that pretty much cover it? Absolutely, yeah. We don't. We, I typically tell people we don't do paint and we don't do high end audio. Um, I've got an upholstery guy that we use that is a block from my shop who does all our upholstery work. I mean, like I said, it, it doesn't make sense for me to try to be a jack of all trades and master of none. No, of course not. No, you you stick with what you what you're best at, and uh, I think the. The great thing is, is that you don't just tell people, "No, I don't, I don't do that." You you have somebody that you can direct them to, and you already know what kind of quality work they do. Absolutely. If if it's not something we do, nine times out of ten, if it's a legal modification, as long as we're not doing emissions deletes or anything like that, I have a solution for somebody, and the solution I'm going to give them is the best in you know, in my opinion, the best in the business. Excellent. That's great. So do you guys do uh, social media over there? Are you on the, the TikTok, the uh, Instagram, uh, maybe even Pinterest? Uh, tell, the, tell the kids where they can find you on uh, social media. Yep, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, we've got a couple different pages on Facebook. We actually do some four-wheel drive van conversions and RV conversions as well. So we've got um, Attitude Performance Upfitters, which is that page. And then Attitude Performance on Facebook and Instagram for our regular shop stuff. And uh, my son actually runs the front office here at our shop, does sales, estimate, estimating, scheduling, all that stuff. And he does social media as well. So he's a lot younger than me and a lot better at it than I am. So, <laughs> Well, that's what I'd go with anyway, just so you don't have to do it. Uh, and I just thought, yeah, thought exactly. of this. I just thought of this. You, you could actually help people with their tow rigs as well, couldn't you? Absolutely, and we do. I, mean, I had a conversation with a gentleman today that wants to use his truck to tow his Jeep, and we're going to put airbags in the back of it to help his vehicle tow a little safer, and we still do wheels and tires and all that stuff for tow rigs, and absolutely. Well, that's great. Well, Matt, I really appreciate you coming on here and talking about your, your services. Oh, and we uh, I didn't mention, is it okay if I give people the address where you're located at? Absolutely. So you are in uh, Arlington Heights, Illinois. I know we have a, a few uh, rabid listeners there in uh, uh, in Illinois. I think in the Chicago area. Not quite sure how where Arlington Heights is in relation to Chicago. But uh, Matt and uh, Attitude Performance is located at twenty three forty nine East Oakland Street, Arlington Heights, Illinois. So go over there and uh, say hello to Matt. Uh, take him a big wad of sweaty, stinky cash and say. Here, make my make my Jeep fast. Put me a bulletproof Dana sixty in here. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we're about 10 minutes west of O'Hare Airport. Oh, okay. Very cool. So we're just a tick outside the city. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being with us. Love talking to you. We'll have to have you back on, and uh, uh, maybe you'll be uh, – you know, I, I was just thinking when you were talking earlier about the, the Bronco, uh, taking Bronco to SEMA, that would be pretty cool because they didn't have enough of them there last time. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I think well that and Gladiators with rooftop tents. I was I was actually there. Uh, I think it was the year, well, no, maybe two years before, and it was all oh, gladiators wall to wall. I didn't see a, a single uh, Cherokee XJ, which is my other vehicle that I've I've had for twenty <laughs> twenty five years and was my daily driver up until uh, May of last year. So uh, that's a that's a bit of a unicorn. It's a single owner uh, Jeep Cherokee, nineteen ninety eight. Wow, well, we don't find them. We can't find one here that has floorboards or frame rails left in it anymore. Oh, no. You guys chew them up with all that uh, salt and stuff that you put on the roads up there. But I'm down here in Texas, so mine's uh, mine's doing pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, we just had a, a customer buy a MJ out of Florida on, I think, 42-inch tall tires and Super Duty axles. Uh, Dana 30. So we're going to start here. Dana 30 up front, Dana 35 in the back. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bigger than that. <laughs> I would hope so. so. We're we're doing uh, uh, four link front and rear, full hydro steer, ORI struts, all sorts of stuff on it. Bob in the bed. So it'll be a cool little rig when it's done. Oh yeah, I like the MJs. I, it, it was always I'd love to have one. Uh, I didn't want to get rid of the the XJ, and it was like, where am I going to put it? When am I going to drive it? I just I just like the idea. I'm a big pickup fan, and to have basically a a pickup uh, Cherokee. Uh, it, that was very appealing to me. Of course, now I have a pickup, and it's a Jeep pickup. So, uh, you know, just had to wait a, long, wait a long time for it to come out. So, anyway, uh, Matt, <laughs> thank you a lot. It sounds like you've got a really interesting uh, uh, business there, a great job that you, I'm sure you look forward to going to every day. And uh, we certainly appreciate you coming on here and joining us on the Jeep Talk Show. Well, I appreciate it greatly. Thank you for having me. Hey, thanks again for Matt for joining uh, me in an interview here on the Jeep Talk Show. Such a fun uh, uh, conversation that I've had with uh, with Matt. Man, he's just doing some fun things there at that shop. Wouldn't it be great to actually have a job that you really enjoyed? There's always negatives to any job. There's always somebody that's going to give you a hard time or demand more than uh, what uh, what you're capable of or what you're capable of charging them for. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, I would I would very well imagine that the majority of the time it's just fun uh, creating things and seeing the big smile on people's faces whenever they come to uh, pick up their rig. So don't forget, uh, check out attitudeperformance.com. And uh, if you're in the area, you should uh, check them out for work on your vehicle. And it doesn't it's not just Jeeps. So as I mentioned at the opening of the show, we are going to uh, four episodes um, Tuesday through Friday starting uh, November 1st. So you, you may be missing an episode or something in there that you would normally uh, be able to uh, listen to. But, uh, well, it'll all line out. It'll be perfectly fine. And uh, you may even get more in the future uh, with our special episodes on Monday. So next week, we're going to be talking with uh, Tony Carvino, no, Carvalho, Tony Cavallo. And, uh, hell, I don't know. I need to get somebody in here to pronunciate these things for me. And uh, he is with bestop.com. Of course, you know Bestop if you're a Jeeper. 
Uh, hell, I think you even know Best Hop if you're a, a Bronco fan, but uh, <laughs> don't quote me on that. So uh, we'll be talking with uh, Tony from BestHop.com. I think that's a, the second or third time we've had somebody on from Best Hop. Love having Best Hop on. Uh, in my personal opinion, uh, it is the best top to put on your Jeep. So until next week, drive safe, have fun in your Jeep, and uh, gosh, I hope you're daily driving your Jeep. I just hate the idea of having to drive something that is just crappy and down low. Uh, I mean, if it's got a lot of horsepower and it's a sports car, eh, maybe so, but I still don't like those in back-to-back, uh, -back, uh, bumper-to-bumper traffic. <laughs> have a good week. Podcasting since 2010.